Hello and welcome to the Mind Affinity podcast. Today's episode is part two of my chat with Matt Hughes, the self-proclaimed king of video. Toward the end of part one, Matt was talking about some of the real challenges he faced with a previous business partner when the relationship went a bit sour and things didn't quite go to plan. The mind is capable of amazing things and yet so many people use that immense power to hold themselves back. Imagine what you could achieve harnessing that power and using it to push yourself forward. This is the Mind Affinity Podcast, the place for advice and inspiration to help you empower yourself. I can't say that I would be where I am if that never happened. And because if I look at it, we would probably be in the same position as we were, which was a struggling media company. There we go. And that is a theme that I see time and time again. I mean, it's, 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 th- it's a theme that's come up in previous episodes of this podcast as well. The biggest challenge, the biggest difficulties that people go to are the catalyst for the most amazing things that happen. Yeah, going through it at the time, I'm not pretending for a moment that it's enjoyable or fun, but it's, it's so fun. important to understand and to recognise that if you're going through some stuff right now, whatever it is, it may well feel absolutely insurmountable right now. But there have been other things you've been through that felt that same way. And when you look back and reflect, that's the key thing. Like you said, you, you don't want to look back on that time and say that, you know, it was that horrible thing that's been so good. But actually, it's the taking time to look back on it that allows you to learn the lessons and allows you to turn that horrible thing yeah. into something. People talk about um, you know, searching for meaning, particularly if you look at the, the, the standard um, view of, of how we experience grief and what we go through. I mean, anything ending, whether that's a business partnership or a relationship, especially when it's someone so close, um, grief is what you're, what you're doing. And like you said, you went through, oh, you, know, you mentioned denial. Oh, no, this isn't going to affect us. This will be fine. You, yep. you mentioned anger. Um, and, and I'm pr- sure probably lots of that in, at the time um you spoke about um well actually the, the only thing you didn't really mention was guilt and i'm sure there was probably an element of you that felt oh yeah totally like, what, what, what did i do wrong how, how, what what is it like i i broke down that relationship completely like what 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 was the turning point where he stopped loving the company and what we were doing together to the point where he thought i need to go and do this on my own and and, and also, like, because I've, I, because I've never spoken to him from the, that, sat, that moment that we sat together, even though there was opportunities to have conversations outside of the, sorry, the phone call that happened, uh, I've not spoken to him after that. You know, like, it was just, it was just gone. And, like, I, I wondered, like, what the conversation was, because his business partner was his best friend who he lived with. And, he, and, his, and, and that guy, we went into business together at one point. We were thinking about doing this uh, CRM system because he's a developer. I was a tech at the time. And I just wonder like, what, the, what the tipping point was of the conversation where they said, um, let's go after what Matt's created. <laughs> like, what, all that effort. Like, because cause a lot of the time you can look at these situations and think, well, you know, naturally that happens. You can, I've seen loads of businesses that have come out of like, oh, well, we went and did something else and took a load of clients with us. Accountants, that's kind of like, they bring their book of clients with them. And then when they leave, they take them with them. Like it's kind of an accepted way of doing stuff. There's lots of industries like that. But, it, but I employed him full time with the money that I feed my kids with. 
you know, like that. So, so I, I'd risk my business to start it. He didn't risk anything at that point. He just took the clients with him. You know what I mean? So, you know, I think I, I would have loved to have asked the question, but you can't, you can't go and do that. And I'm like, what did I do to him to make him feel like that? That's the, that's the guilt. Like what, there's loads of things I could have thought about situations that happened that were not nice situations, times where I had not behaved in a very good way, et cetera. But you can't, but what do you, what do you do? You just have to, it's, it's acceptance, right? Like you have to just accept. And clearly from the way I'm describing it, I've not fully accepted it at all. I don't, I'm not going to say that like it doesn't sit in there and bother me at times. Of course it does. But, but now my purpose for what I'm doing, I feel is bigger than that situation. And that, is the thing if you spend that time focusing on what has happened what could have been why how what where when all you're doing is focusing all of that all of your mental energy on the very thing that doesn't help you and doesn't serve you but if you take the lessons from it and focus on like you said the the purpose that you have right now and your why and what you want to bring to the world that is where the magic happens. That yeah. is what you need to be doing. And shifting that focus to the positive and what you do want, rather than trying to not think about the stuff you don't want, um, is just so much easier. And you, it's great that you said um, about acceptance. And again, kind of going back to that, that talking about the grief experience of it. Yeah. The, the thing that sits between all of the other stuff and then acceptance is is often spoken about as bargaining for me i think a big part of the bargaining isn't necessarily oh you know swap this take me instead or whatever it's about finding meaning finding purpose yeah because if you can go right all of that happened and yeah that was horrid and look at the impact that it's had but the bargaining side is to say however it gives me this purpose. It gives me this drive. It gives me these lessons and it allows me to become the person that I'm now becoming and do the things that I'm now doing. Yeah. What is it that's most important to you, Matt? Um, the, the, the two things that are most important to me are my family and travel. They're, they're the, the two things I think um, I would struggle without and I would not be the same person if I didn't have them. And having gone through that, yeah, are you in a better place now to manage the relationships well, with your family? Yeah, I think you know, like the fact that me and my wife went through it together um, is is a good thing. Obviously, again, it wasn't at the time. Um, we, you know, three months after it happened, we bought our first house together, um, which was a massive. You know, I had to find twenty seven thousand pounds. We put the offer in. With a twenty-seven thousand pound deposit due, and I had zero deposit, <laughs> and I had to find it in eight weeks. So you know, like I was committed at that point. I was like, "Well, if that's what I need to find, I'm going to go and make that happen." Um, at the time, where I was like, I, you know, I'd, I'd, I think for the first six, maybe nine months, I was very focused on what he was doing and what was going on in his business. And there was a, just a point where I was like okay, I have to stop doing that. I have to, and I just blocked him on everything. I was like, I'm just going to focus on what I'm doing. It slows you down, doesn't it? All that looking side. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, looking over your shoulder and all that. And, it, and I realized like, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Like competition, I've always said competition is great. It's great for innovation. Uh, it helps you 
become more innovative by by the fact that people are pushing you somewhere yeah um but like yeah i mean from a family perspective we bought our first house like we were going through such a such a, a difficult time but we were creating something beautiful now and now i think i think it would have been nice if i bought the house now because of how i feel now yeah. because i feel like it t- took away some of the it was a key moment for us you know like i'd been in debt for many years of my life me and amy have been together 15 years i through my my mentality at the time when we got together was very much like screw the world and you know borrow money and not pay it back all that kind of stuff and so i'd got us both into debt and then to get out of that debt and then buy our first house together with wonderful credit was such a huge accomplishment um and i just don't think i had the chance to celebrate it but we've but we're here we've got it and now it's like this is we again we've been in our last house seven years we know we feel like this is our home you know if you could, this is a potentially a difficult question, but if you could pin yeah. that change, that shift from, um, you know, not caring, racking up debt, all of the financial difficulties and just, I'm guessing from what you were saying, it feeling like a constant challenge and struggle to yeah. financially survive and, and to carry on yeah. um, to being in a place where you got to that good credit and, and you're at where you're at now. Yeah if you could pin that down to one shift, one change, one thing, what do you think allowed you to make that change and to get to where you are now? Uh, I don't know what allowed me to, but I know what the change was and the change was victim mentality. Like I'd spent, um, you know, I've done a lot of time looking at this stuff. I spent a lot of time looking at it. And in my, in my personal life, um, um, with my parents, my mum and my brothers, uh, we were taught that the world is out to get you and you should do as much dodgy stuff as you can to get by. Like the reason, you know, everyone else is getting stuff because they're fortunate, they're lucky. And, and so you should just grab what you can and do the best with it. Like I would, I would move house every six months because I wouldn't pay the electric bill for the six months. So by the time they finally caught up with me, I'd move again. So they couldn't, couldn't come and get the money, you know, and collect it. And of course, all that means is that there's a compounding effect and eventually they catch up with you and you've got to pay it in some way or your credit is just trashed, you know. But I was so fed up of that. And, and of course, it's like a merry-go-round when, you, when you're in that situation. You know, I, I, there's been a time where I've had to take money out of my daughter's piggy bank to get bread. People talk about these X Factor stories all the time. And I sit there and I go, you're full of crap like that you know, oh, I had to eat out of bins. And I, I sit there and I look at them. I'm like, no, you didn't. You didn't. When you say you're poor, you had like a two grand um, uh, overdraft available to you. Like poor to you is getting into your, two pound into your overdraft. Oh my God, I had to go into my overdraft. What about when you don't have one? Your overdraft is your daughter's piggy bank. Then come to me about being poor. That, that, that's what, you know, that was probably the most shame. The, the time I felt the most shame is borrowing money from a four-year-old, three-year-old daughter. Um, but, at, but at some point, probably the same time I started contracting, you know, my, my income's dramatically changed. And I realized that when I got my contracting job, I was actually working less hard than when I was in my other job and I was getting paid so much more. And I realized the value of what's in my head. Like suddenly I realized that I'm valuable to people at a level that is much higher than I'd been in my previous job. 
And then once you realize that, all of a sudden you're like, oh, so things are not quite as, as I've been told they are. And then you start looking at like, well, if that's the case, like, is the world out to get me? Or can I change fundamentally the path I'm on? Like I always tell everyone, my, my path as a kid is, was a drug dealer. Like every option available to me was, hey, come and sell drugs. It's fast cash. That's where you can make your money. And like, ironically, uh, my brother's now in prison for selling cocaine. So like when I say that was my path, even at 35, almost 40 years old or whatever it was when he started, that's where he ended up because they were the logical options for us. And then, you know, and I just said, this is not for me. This is not the path that I, surely I'm made for more than this. And fortunately, through hard work, not through luck and not through, um, you know, not through stumbling on someone's doorstep and getting a decent job. Like I, I worked and worked and worked until I found the thing that allowed me to start looking at my life in that different way. That's brilliant, man. So what are you here for? Um, so, so I think what I've always done, regardless of my financial situation, the victim mentality or, or whatever, I've always, I've always created communities and whatever, when I look back at it now, like again, hindsight wise, I look at like the last 15 years, I think what, um, what I've, I've always wanted to be liked, right? I realized I'm a high eye on the disc profile in, which is influence. Um, if you've not done that uh, test, you should do that. And I realized that I like being liked, right? Despite the fact that I rub people up the wrong way all the time. Um, and I realized that that's the reason why I create, create communities. I love being surrounded by people, but, um, the problem was when I was in the tech industry, the communities that were created just were not really my people. Um, there were a lot of corporate stuffy suit wearing people and I just didn't fit into them at all. I was like, I'm a rebel. I've got, you know, stretched ears. Um, I don't subscribe to the rules that people say, you know, suck up to this person. It'll get you further on in life. I'm like, no, I can't do that. Like, if they like me, they like me, but if they don't, they don't. Um, so what, what I've done in the business now is I've cr I'm creating communities of people that are like me or that have the same beliefs in me that are, that want to improve the world, improve their life, grow their businesses, they're entrepreneurial. And I genuinely believe my uh, purpose and passion really is, is creating and fostering those communities. I think that's, that's that makes sense to me. That's brilliant. See, what I like is there's been a few different points throughout this conversation where effectively you've described um, learning to ignore the rules, basically. Um, yes. So, you know, that's very obvious in that sort of corporate world where you say, oh, no, I don't fit in. You know, I'm not going to subscribe to this rule that I need to wear a tie or whatever it might be. Yeah. But even before that, um, you know, that shift from the victim mentality that you were talking about. Yeah. The same thing. You know, those rules may have been, you know, to sound slightly cliche, the rules of the street, you know, um, yeah. but you know, the rule that from your upbringing, you're destined to become a drug dealer, you know, that, that yeah. ultimately was something that you had accepted as a rule as just the way things were. Yeah. And in rejecting that you're able to understand what you're really all about and what does matter. And it, and you know, it's fascinating when you start looking at like beliefs that you've been given that are not yours, uh, like I don't know what I don't know what the first one was that I changed but once I changed it and I started looking at all the others I was like oh why do I believe that yeah hold on a minute that's <laughs> that's really weird how, how have I fallen into that 
like and some of the beliefs were so strong you know um people say you defend what you love mm. and I, I was so angry and so defensive about things that just mean nothing yeah completely nothing you know like political stuff get i used to i used to love a debate and getting into an argument um somebody said to me once in the corporate world he said matt you can start an argument in an empty room and you know that cut me hard because i was like i don't i don't feel like that's the person i want to be but that's a perception because i was constantly battling with these beliefs that weren't even mine and then once i started to change them i was like actually politics don't really care like i'm liberal i'm liberal and, and I, I fit on a on a, a scale of the where people are you know lefty and right and all that kind of jazz but i don't really care about debating about it like you have your you, you, my wife says and the kids say you do you boo which is like a, <laughs> a modern way of saying just just do what you got to do like i don't I don't need to prove you wrong for me to be right i'm, I'm okay with accepting that you're that's your belief yeah. I'm not going to try and change it. I'll give you my opinion if you want it, but I'm not going to try and change it. Spot on. And it's, um, I, I remember when I first started rejecting rules, um, as it were, um, as, <laughs> my way of doing that was initially by looking for different rules. Um, so, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, so I was brought up in a, a very relaxed, uh, background in terms of religion my parents I was brought up in a Christian upbringing in so much as you know yeah. we celebrated Christmas and Easter and and the school I went to we sang religious songs etc um, but you know I was never made to go to church um, and you know to begin with I rejected a load of sort of religious rules that I just kind of accepted because that's what everyone around me did and I replaced that by looking into different religions um, and looking for yeah. different sets of rules on how life should be. Um, and it, it took me a while before I decided, actually, I don't need someone else's rules. I, it's about finding what's right for me. Um, yeah. And hey, whether it's right or wrong, doesn't actually matter. It matters to me that I search for what my truth is. But do you know what? there are people out there living amazing lives, doing amazing things, helping other people and doing great for themselves based on beliefs that they hold, which to me are absolute poppycock, but yeah. it doesn't matter because they're, they're good people. They're doing good things and they're helping people. Yeah. Why does it matter what you base that on? It's, it's hard because we feel like in in order to be part of the group we have to all think and look um, and look at things in the same way and that and that's really daft because in the end you don't nothing gets challenged then yes and like me and my wife are often called um we're often told that we like say what we think and some people will uh look at that in a bad way and I don't see it as a bad thing. Like I see it as a good thing. I'm open for the debate. Now, don't get me wrong. I've said stuff online with that view. And if you don't know who I am and know that I'm open to the conversation and open for you coming back to me and, and I'm a reasonable person and I like resolution more than conflict. If some of the things I say come across and they're like, that guy's a bit of a, you know, whatever. Don't know if this is PG rated or not. Um, but they, but they, but it comes across really badly. You know, and and actually, 
I'm dis- I'm disappointed in myself really for to allow that to happen. But how can it when it's a lot of the conversations we have are passive in the, with the global community we've got? You know, I put something on someone's states the other day, and um, a friend of mine messaged me. My wife usually does it and just says, "Think about how that's come across." Like I don't think like that. I think okay, I'm saying this because I'm trying to be helpful, yeah, but it's yeah. too direct. It's it feels personal. Actually, when people feel like their credibility is being um, attacked and i think especially when it comes to social media so yeah. much of communication is lost when it's yeah. just in writing and how you mean something and how it comes across can so easily be so vastly different especially as people naturally we we project what we're expecting or what our vulnerabilities are like so if yeah. if if i feel like uh i don't know let's say i had an issue with my nose i don't i think my nose is fine it's perfectly average um but if i had an issue with my nose and someone made a comment about something that could be taken as as an insult or, or relevant to that then i would instantly pick up on that and i would assume that that's what they mean by it yeah it's your world view right like yeah. you you you've got a clouded view of what the world is based on your own views and therefore anything that anyone ever says it, which is why it's funny because sometimes people say to me well i'm not i'm not going to go there because I, I know what they're thinking and i'm like oh that's fascinating yeah. <laughs> i didn't use a mind reader how like, can you know I, like, pick up the phone and have a conversation for 14 years and even before that i used to love people watching i'm really good at understanding what people yeah. mean or what they're thinking i'm not a mind reader I still get it wrong and I wouldn't, yeah. I do because I'm human and everyone does, but I tend to then notice and stop myself from making the assumptions that just because I suspect that's what that person's thinking about me doesn't mean that it's true. You know, yeah. um, as soon as something becomes subjective i.e., about you and yourself, um, you're just inviting so much cognitive bias to come in and confuse things and, and you're going to end up making assumptions that are wrong and probably exaggerating and catastrophizing them um, to a point where you're way off from what the original statement was actually about. Matt, it's been brilliant chatting with you. Thank you so much. Uh, I definitely feel like I've got to know you better. I'm sure the listeners have as well. Um, and I feel like we could talk about so much more, but we are limited on time. Maybe, maybe we'll have to do another one sometime in the future. Um, but before we go, uh, let's leave with one thought. So let's imagine for a moment now that the entire world is your audience. Everyone's listening to you through yeah. some weird magical thing. I don't know. Um, what's your message? What do you want to get out to the world? What would you say? I would say... Um, and you've helped me sort of come to a bit of a realisation with this as well, is I would say, and people say it so often, but put the time and effort in to find what it is that you're truly passionate about that really makes your um, your heart light up and go and find it and go after it. Yes. Um, and not chase it necessarily, but make it the thing that everything you do is towards achieving that goal or, or, or whatever the passion is because your life is so much more enriched. Like now when I think about the experience I've told you about in this, on this show, like every, everything, every part of where I look, every path that I'm looking forward to in the, in the future is all positive now because of the, the stuff that happened. And because I, because I spent the time at the time, all of that happened, I, I sat down on a bit with a bit of paper and I said, 
what is it that I really love doing? It was video and training. And that's all I do now. Perfect. And, and I think that's so true. You know, it, it, it's great from a business perspective. It's great on a personal level. Understand, take the time. That, that was what you started with. Take the time oh, yeah. to understand what's important to you. Because if you don't do that, and that's the step that so many people miss out, actually. We just avoid um, it. We avoid yeah, it. Yeah. it. It brings up so much difficult, because we realise actually probably what we're doing right now, we don't even enjoy doing. Yeah. <laughs> Why are we doing it? Speaking of doing stuff you enjoy doing, I'm going to have to bring this to an end because I've got to go and go kayaking. Um, Amazing. Yeah. And it's going to be, I'm going to get wet, um, even if I don't fall in, just because it's going to be chucking it down in about an hour's time, which is when I'll be hitting the water. So yay. Um, Matt, thank you so much. It's been really great chatting with you. Thanks and so much for Speaking to you more in the future. Thank you for checking out the Mind Affinity podcast. If you're ready to take what's been holding you back and turn that into something to move you forward, if there's some obstacle or object that you need help to overcome, now's the best time to reach out. Just head to mindaffinity.co.uk forward slash contact to find my details and get in touch.